On this week's case of the week, we've got a doctor who has requested a bridge from number 17 to 21 with uh, three abutments, 17, 20, and 21, and two Ponics, 18 and 19. And you'll notice there's no product uh, mentioned here, and so that defaults to a PFM bridge uh, on the way our lab slips work. So if, you, if a doctor were just to write down uh, crown number three and write nothing else, it's just kind of assumed uh, that they want a PFM. It's not quite assumed. It actually says it over here on the last slip, lab slip. It has a check mark for it. But the doctor uh, appears to want a PFM bridge here. It's a five-unit bridge. And so let's go ahead and take a look at the case. The first thing you'll notice is that um, it's a double arch tray that was used and it was a plastic one. It's, it's kind of hard to rag on uh, the plastic one here as being the main offense uh, because of the fact that uh, we're just not big fans. We followed Gordon Christensen's recommendation, which is that you should never use um, a quadrant double arch tray like this for anything bigger than two single units next to each other. You know, we could talk about how much these plastic trays have a tendency to distort if you don't use a super stiff material on the inside. But it's really just the length, the span of this bridge, where even if the bite is perfect on here, it's gonna be very difficult for us to do any excursions and the bite sometimes is difficult on these bridges as well. And it's just not as stable as if this was taken in a metal full arch tray. That would certainly be our recommendation. And, and I don't know, there's just times, there's times where I cut the doctor slack because I wasn't there and it might've been a hard prep, but it just seems like in a case of something like this, I get a little more hard edged about it and say, you know what, you really gotta do this in a metal full arch tray to give us the best chance of getting uh, a good result. So let's go ahead and take a look at what we poured up when we had the opportunity to pour this up and see what we can see. And as we zoom in here just a little bit, I can actually still see a little bit of occlusal anatomy, a little bit of the pits on the bicuspids as we look at this. And we can see this wisdom teeth. These are always problematic trying to get those to draw. So as I turn the wisdom tooth so that I can see down that line of draw, you can see now that we've got the distal of both bicuspids uh, in an undercut. And then as I rotate this to try to be able to see the distal of those bicuspids, now the mesial of tooth number 17, we've got an undercut there. And it's very difficult on these wisdom teeth. It's, it's a really common thing to have happen. And you end up almost knowing going into these that you're really gonna have to over taper this mesial wall if you're gonna use that wisdom tooth um, as an abutment. But as we look at it, you know, it's interesting because it shows pretty good hand control. If you look at the preparation and what's going on here and the smoothness of the burr marks, things actually look uh, pretty nice around there and it's not a uh, super subgingival margin uh, placement. So it's actually pretty decent. We might've had a couple of abfraction lesions right there on the facial of the two bicuspids, but we can see that we're probably under reduced on the occlusal and we're definitely under reduced on the mesial uh, of that wisdom tooth if in fact we want this bridge to draw. So let's take a look at the mounted models on the articulator. I'm gonna raise the pin because um, I wanna see if we can see something that we often see here when we are doing a larger case like this uh, on a quadrant impression tray. Because really all we have contacting here, you know, we've got a bridge going from this wisdom tooth all the way to the first by. And so the only thing contacting here are these anterior teeth and often, you know, when it's mounted like this, all you have to do is squeeze it and you can see, you can see the shift right over there as it goes into place, as it closes. And then as I squeeze it, you can see the upper model shift over because there's no solid contact because we have no 
posterior teeth hitting here. If, in fact, this impression went all the way to the other side, not only would we have a better vertical stop, but we would have some, we would have some intercuspation on that side of unprepared teeth that would keep that from sliding around. And that's part of what makes this such a difficult bridge to be able to make. Beyond that, remember when we looked at the occlusal surface of the bicuspids, it looked like there was still some anatomy. And you can see as we zoom in in here that there's really not a lot uh, of occlusal reduction that was done and we're very, very short on space. And the same holds true uh, for, for this molar as well. And we can look at it from the lingual and see the same thing that we're short on space as we zoom in there. And so this is problematic. We don't have enough room for a PFM bridge, obviously. So the next best, best choice would be uh, a Bruxer bridge, but when we scan it and look at it, we can see that we're even a little short on space there. So unfortunately for the dentist, but uh, I guess fortunately for the patient, they're, they're gonna have to be uh, prepared again, have a little more taken off the occlusal surface of those bicuspids. At the same time, it'll give the doctor the opportunity to get rid of that undercut that's gonna be on the mesial of the wisdom tooth. And I'm certainly gonna add my two cents in and tell the doctor we stand a much better chance of getting a very functional bridge um, if we can take this impression the next time in a full arch metal tray.